is an audio platform created to educate, inform, and empower women to take charge of their physical and mental health. Join Shalana Battle and her occasional guests as they discuss many issues and health topics that concern women. While many health tips and advice will be discussed on this platform by licensed professionals, it should not take the place of seeking help from your own physician or therapist. If you feel that you need professional advice or medical assistance, do not hesitate to contact your provider. Now, let's get to the show. Hi there. Happy spring. Welcome to the eavesdrop. I am your host, Dr. Shalana Battle. We are already near the end of March. Can you believe that? Man, before you know it, this year will be over. This has been such an awesome month. We have had some amazing women pass through the eavesdrop with words of encouragement and wisdom. I mean, if you haven't had the opportunity to listen to the previous podcast episodes for this month, I urge you to go back and listen. I have listened to these episodes more than once, and each time I find something new to apply to my own life. Did I mention it's springtime? Yes, it is springtime. This is like my favorite time of the year because it is that time where flowers begin to bloom, young animals are born, trees begin to grow their leaves, the weather changes, and in most states it's no longer cold, it's warming up. Kids are now able to go outside and play in the sun. So it's just a wonderful time for new beginnings. So if this is a time for new beginnings, how will you commemorate springtime? Maybe it's a good time to revisit your vision board or your New Year's resolution and recommit to some of the goals that you may not have remained committed to. Or maybe it's time to get up to date with your annual examinations. Whatever the case may be, let springtime be a season of new healthy beginnings for you. So today we have a special guest. Kimberly Houston Bryant has graced us with her presence and I cannot wait for this interview. She is a true boss lady and an entrepreneur. She is here today to give us some tips on how to be successful in our endeavors, especially when it comes to the area of entrepreneurship. I am so excited for you all to hear her. So without further ado, let's join the conversation. Hi, Kimberly, and thank you so much for taking the time out to visit the eavesdrop today. How are you on this second day of spring? I am wonderful. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I can't complain. I know I met you through my cousin Caroline, so I can already say that you are family because we adopt <laughs> friends around here. <laughs> so you are definitely yes. family. <laughs> I'm so honored and excited to have you here today. In my opinion, you are definitely a true boss. And oh. I'm glad that you're here to give us some tips and guidance on how to be successful in entrepreneurship. And mm-hmm. so before we go into that conversation, can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. I am Chef Kimberly Houston. 
also known as Chef Kimmy Hu. I am an author, blogger, and digital content creator, in addition to being a certified pastry chef and chef instructor. Awesome. And you have an awesome business, and I want you to go into detail and tell us um, more about your business and, and what you do and what services you provide. Sure. So I have multiple businesses. The main business is a digital content creation where I have taken my skills that I've learned throughout culinary school, as well as teaching children over the last nine years in a kitchen setting. I am now taking that knowledge and turning the content into something more digital, creating cookbooks for other people, kind of like a ghostwriter. So I'm creating uh, digital content for other people to be able to put on their websites or to sell in books or eBooks or things of the sort. Okay. And I know everyone usually has a backstory as to why they decide to work for themselves. Some want the financial freedom or they may want to break away from financial dependence on others. So what was your story? Like, why did you go into entrepreneurship? Okay, so it's a two-part story. The first part of this being nine years ago, I was a single mom working retail. Um, I worked overnight. I would get home in time to take my children to school. I would take a nap. I would get up. I would go to class. And then we would do this all over again every single day. I was in school full-time. I was working as a retail manager full-time, which is how I met Caroline. And it was just like being on a hamster wheel repeatedly. Mm -hmm. And it, it was not something that I enjoyed. When my daughter was six, she was diagnosed with a, an extreme impressive case of narcolepsy. That is never something you want a doctor to tell you because that means they don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. um, and so I knew at that point that I needed to do something different because we were doing more schoolwork at home versus the private school education that I was paying for. And so I knew we would need to do something very drastic, um, turning into homeschool. And I knew that I was going to have to completely change the way my life was set up in order to support that. So, uh, you know, working retail, I was like, this isn't it. I don't like this. I'm too bossy to work for other people anyway. So I need to figure out something else. And I remember one of my friends, and actually she was a maid of honor at my wedding. But at the time, I was like, I just don't know what else to do. And she was like, you know, I'm going to give you the scripture, and I don't know why I'm going to give you the scripture, and this scripture, I guess, is going to be the answer to your question. Mm -hmm. And it was the story of the woman who needed to pay off her husband's debt, and the oil continued to flow until she paid all the debt off. And mm -hmm. when I read it, um, you remember the show Extreme Couponers? Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is when that was like really, really big. And so I had all this oil in my house because mm -hmm. I was extreme couponing. And I was like, okay, wait, there's oil in my house. What can I do with this? And that is literally how the business started. So when I started, what ended up being the cookie emporium, but it started as the Adonai Baking Company. And when I created 
adding our desserts Atlanta. It went through about five different name changes. One of the things that I was very, very clear on was that this was not my business. This was not my plan. This did not make sense. It was not how I was raised. I did not see entrepreneurship on this level. Um, and so this was new. This was very, very different. And this was a very, you know, walk by faith, not by sight type of situation. And so that is how the original cookie company began. Mm. In the midst of that, several life changes happened, which were great. I was able to homeschool the kids full time and, you know, do all those sorts of things. Um, I never went into entrepreneurship thinking I would be rich. That, that was not my plan. I went into it knowing that I needed to provide a better life for my children. A better life for my children did not necessarily mean financial gain, but it meant more, we needed to be in our own space in order to grow the way we needed to grow as a family. And so that's what started my entrepreneurship journey nine years ago. That's different now that we're, you know, still kind of in the middle of a pandemic and I've changed businesses. That's a very different set up for the new business mm -hmm. so do you want me to talk about that we'll, we're gonna get to that okay <laughs> we're gonna definitely get to that <laughs> but i think you know it also gave you the time that you needed to spend with your daughter after receiving a diagnosis and i think one thing mm -hmm. about like our normal nine to fives it steals away a lot of time because even with trying to do this podcast and trying to do other endeavors it's like you don't you have to really balance out your time. And I know you have to balance out your time too with your own business, but you, it's yours. You're working towards that. So you can put all your time and effort in that and, and organize your time so that you can do more things. And I think um, that is awesome. And another thing, you know, with, if the pandemic hasn't taught us anything is that we definitely need multiple streams of income. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we definitely need multiple streams of income. So my next question is, during our pre-interview discussion, you shared a powerful testimony about the challenges that you faced when you were getting your business up and running. And I would definitely love for you to share this with us. For the current business? Mm-hmm. Or and the one before, too, when you had the bakery and... Yeah, so um, they're going to run into each other, essentially. Mm -hmm. So... When I was going through the tests and trials of entrepreneurship, one of the things I don't think people truly understand about entrepreneurship is that it's not just this one level, right? There's multiple levels. There are many, many moving parts when you say you are an entrepreneur. And so as my children got older, the need in the business also changed. Because one of the things, and I, I remember this from hairstylists, right? So a hairstylist cannot still be doing the same things they were doing in their 90s right now. They have to continuously learn things to stay on top of trends in order for them to be successful. And so I've always kept that in the front of my mind when it came to business and going from custom cakes to, you know, I started saying I wanted a cookie company that was all I ever wanted to do was cookies, but that wasn't making money. And so I did weddings and then I had celebrity clients in Atlanta and then I was dropping off cakes at nightclubs and I was working 
constantly for years. So if my children didn't have me at an activity, then because at one point my daughter was modeling and my son was in acting classes and I ran a blog called Momager Lifestyle because that's all my life was, even though I had a business in the midst of it. So between their rehearsals, between sitting in the car all day, between sitting in the car all night, um, I still had to come home and work, right? And so one of the things that I was not expecting was for the physical manifestation of ignoring the fact that I like to push through things was going to end up shutting down my business. And for years, I just pushed through physical pain. If I was tired, it didn't matter. You know, you see people drinking Red Bull or they're taking B12 or they're drinking coffee, coming up with ways to just stay awake and not necessarily paying attention to their body saying, I need to rest. I need to rest. I really need to rest. Mm -hmm. And for years, I did this to my body. For years, my body kept telling me it was tired. You know, I had to go through having a leg surgery done at one point because my feet kept swelling. I was at the chiropractor for two and a half years because of sciatica. And then most recently, the last one is what brought everything to a halt where I lost all muscle strength on the right side of my body. And that happened on Thanksgiving morning. And I almost dropped the turkey. And that's when we realized something is wrong. Um, By the end of Thanksgiving night, I could not hold a fork. I couldn't pick up a cup. There was no strength. It just, it it was not there. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't there for several days before I could be seen by a doctor who looked at me and said, how often do you push through pain? And I was like, what do you mean? And she said, what do you do? And I told her what I did and I showed her, you know, photos. Um, I had just done an event for the Real Housewives of Atlanta. And so she was looking at this stuff and she was like, oh my God, your work is so beautiful, but you can't feel me touching a trigger point in your shoulder that should actually have you crying right now. And I didn't feel it. Like there, there was no pain. And she said, this is a physical manifestation of you pushing through pain for so long that your body no longer knows what it's supposed to do. And she was like, I'm going to tell you right now, close your business immediately. Mm. There's no other way for you to heal than for you to mm. walk away. Like, how do you respond to that? And you just opened the business. You just got it up and running. You just had your was that your first celebrity client the real housewife oh, no. Atlanta, you had other ones before yeah but you know I, and to get that type of news and for the doctor to tell you that you have to close everything down how do you bounce from that what do you do what was your response honestly i said okay because mm-hmm. i knew walking in that um in in this season of my life, and like I said, when I started all this mm. nine years ago, it's always been by faith and not by sight. Yeah. Like, that's that's just what has been driving this. I knew that there was something really, really wrong when, and I had made up my mind probably about 15 minutes into the appointment that whatever they told me to do, I was going to do it because I kept mm. saying, 
I don't have any feeling in my hand. It's my hand, it's my hand. And the nurse kept looking at me and saying, I need an x-ray of your neck. And I was like, my neck is fine. It's my hand. And she was like, I need an x-ray of your neck. And once I went into the x-ray and we found she was right. It had nothing to do with my hands. It was disc degeneration in my neck from years of being in an improper position in the kitchen, doing cakes, doing cookies, doing cupcakes. Um, and no one talks about that, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody talks about the fact that you've never seen an old pastry chef, ever. Right. Like, you, this is not something you see. You see cooks but you don't see an old pastry chef and nobody mm -hmm. ever really talks about why that is and now i'm learning we can't take your body cannot handle the physical pressure of being a pastry chef yet alone a celebrity pastry chef and so for me i was like okay if you tell me i have to shut this business down i was like listen i'm gonna shut it down but i got three more orders to do this week and she was like, okay, I'm going to give you medication to get you through the week. She was like, it's only going to work for seven days. After that, you have to stop. And I was like, okay. Like, she was like the fairy godmother. And she like fixed me for seven days. But on that seventh day, it was a wrap. Like, there, there, nope. we were back to where it was before. There was no strength. There was no feeling. Um, and I was like, okay, now we have to kind of take inventory of where we are and, mm -hmm. and how do we move forward in the middle of a pandemic where starting a bakery is not going to happen right now. How do you take the skills that you've learned over the years and turn that into something else? And that's what I spent all of December doing, which led me into a new business fully, 100% in January. Um, so that's kind of how we got here. Yeah. Well, kudos to you for putting your health first, because a lot of us who work regular nine to fives and even on our own businesses, you know, will continue to work through illnesses and we won't go to the doctor. We don't follow up because we have to go to work. But at the end of the day, if something happens to you, guess what? That business will keep running. So you, they will, you really, you're replaceable. Mm -hmm, yep. Exactly. So yeah. it's it, very important that you put your health first. And I'm, I am happy that you were able to bounce back from that because this is what you worked so hard to accomplish. And now they're telling you, you have to close mm -hmm. it down. So you were able to restart and just revamp. So that's awesome. Why did you go into baking? What got you into baking and cooking? Yeah. So it was an accident. It, it wasn't on purpose. <laughs> it, I've, I've always enjoyed baking. I am the oldest granddaughter of my grandmother's grandchildren. And so I was always in the kitchen. So I'm, I'm no stranger to the kitchen. But one year, my children had 13 teachers between the two of them. And I was like, mm -hmm. I cannot afford Christmas gifts for 13 teachers. Like, this is not going to work. And so I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, what can I do about this? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to make stuff. 
And so like I went to the Dollar Tree and grabbed a bunch of little baskets and all those sorts of things. Probably spent about $20. Um, again, extreme couponer. So I had all this stuff in my house. And mm -hmm. I made cakes and cookies and I packaged the stuff up and made it real cute or whatever and sent that to school with my children for their teachers. And then after Christmas break, those teachers started asking if they could purchase the baked goods. And I was like, um, sure. And so <laughs> that is literally how the business started. It wasn't on purpose. It, it just wasn't. I was just good at it and the stuff tastes good and people wanted to buy it. And I was like, well, I guess mm -hmm. I'm gonna learn how to do this since people want to buy it um and so that kind of started me on this i would like to say continuing education spree that hasn't really ended because i started with buying a ton of cookbooks and then it became well i know how to bake but i don't know how to decorate and people were asking for decorated cakes and i was like i, I don't know how to decorate so i took the wilton series at michael's and caroline actually paid for my first class because i couldn't Aww. afford it shout out to caroline <laughs> so, I know. Oh, my God. that 25 dollar investment changed my whole life which was crazy like i could not afford a 25 dollar class right and so mm. i was like i have to put all of me into this because other people are supporting it other people see that there's something here and so that started it. I did all of their classes. Then I went to culinary school because that wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. Finished at the top of my class. Didn't go to graduation because I had four orders that day. Okay. It's been nonstop ever since, you know, mm -hmm. and I was like, okay, wow, like I'm, I'm really good at this. This is something I can do. And it's one thing to be able to bake. It's another thing to be able to decorate. It's another thing to be able to do it as a business. And so I knew I needed more training. And so I took business classes and more business classes and hired consultants. And there was this continuous learning process that has yet to stop. Like I just got another certificate in December. So mm -hmm. it, it doesn't end. And I think even in that, that's what having a willingness to be open to learning is what made me to be able to say I can walk away from a business when I was given the diagnosis because right. I'm always learning. The last certificate that I got was from Cornell University in their women's entrepreneurship courses. And I remember the first week of class, the lady said, if you were to get sick or get hurt and your business can't keep running, it's not a business. It's a hobby. Oh, yeah. And I was like, wait That's a, a powerful minute. statement. Yeah. It is. Because if you are are your business, you by yourself, then what? And so that happened in September. In December was when I was told you need to shut it down. And all I could hear sitting in that doctor's office was that lady back in mm -hmm. September saying, if you get hurt. This is not a business, it's a hobby. And so for three months, I had been preparing that if I were to ever get hurt, what do we do? Because somebody's gonna have to pay these bills. And so I had already started 
another business. It wasn't full-time, but I knew that it was something I could teach other people. I wasn't going to be the only person. There was no way for me to hire me Mm -hmm. in my bakery. So you started the second business prior to the diagnosis in December. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that definitely goes into the next question about the importance of planning. (laughs) Can you please tell us about the importance of planning and how did you plan? (laughs) Yeah. So um, this is how I look at planning, right? So planning is a roadmap. Um, When we took my son to school in January with to drive to Boston and I was like okay the three of us in the car 17 hours straight how do we do this and so I had to create a plan that was going to work for me and my situation some people can drive 17 hours straight I on the other hand could not so we split it up into two days um I did not want to drive 17 hours like I'm just be real honest I didn't want to do it mm-hmm. and Three days before we were supposed to leave, my parents asked if they could come with us. And of course, I jumped on that because that meant I didn't have to drive. Mm-hmm. And I was like, heck yeah, right? So the plan was the roadmap. I knew where we needed to be. I knew we needed to be in Boston on a certain day in order for my son to go through COVID testing all that stuff to get him to school. On the flip side of that, you can always know where your destination is, but you don't know where that journey is going to take you. And mm-hmm. so for me, planning was the roadmap. I knew where I needed to go. But at the same time, God is a GPS. And so when you're driving and like your GPS detours you somewhere and you're like, there must be danger ahead. Let me go this way. We make those adjustments and we don't think anything of it. Well, the same thing applies to your life, right? So when mm-hmm. that lady, I have learned over the years, go with that gut feeling. When it mm-hmm. hit me in my gut, that woman said, if you get hurt, you don't have a business, you have a hobby. I was very offended. I was mm-hmm. like, what do you mean? Like, I have celebrity clients. <laughs> I've been on TV shows. I've done this, that, and the other. You telling me this is not a business? And I was so offended. So offended by that statement. And then my teacher said, if you're offended, mm-hmm. then you need to fix it. You need to fix it, yeah. And immediately, I was like, okay, we, we need to figure out something else. And that's when I took inventory of everything that I knew how to do. And part of the issue was the other way that I made money was in teaching. And I was in the middle of a cease and desist order and could not teach, which happens to have ended today. Okay. So (laughs) today is a great day. So in, in the midst of, I knew the thing that would make me money. I could not do it legally. I couldn't do the Mm -hmm. other thing I was good at that would make me money. And I was like, well, what do I do? And I knew it was time to learn a new skill. And so I already knew how to create recipes. I'm a chef. This is what we do. I know how to teach. I'm also a writer. I have a master's degree in education. So I'm like, how do I take all these things and put them into one thing? And that's where the digital content creation business came from. I started it in September. Made a little bit of money. It was cute. It was fun. Did a little bit more in October, and I was like, nope, I need to learn how to take better photos. And so I started taking photography classes, and Mm -hmm. I took one in October, one in November, one in December, and one in January. Oh, and then I bought another one in February. 
right? So every month for the last five months, I have been increasing a new skill set, which has been growing a new business that now has four employees. And so I now know that if I decide I'm taking off tomorrow, which I am, the business mm-hmm. will keep going. I don't yeah. like I don't have to be there in order for this business to continue because I understand that if I get hurt and I'm the only person that can do what I can do, it's not a business, it's a hobby. And that's a good point that you bring up about going to school and making sure that you become a perfectionist at your craft because we all have God given talent and gifts Mm -hmm. but there's nothing wrong with getting lessons or taking classes or going to conferences just to continue to sharpen the tool and just continue to build upon your skills so there's really nothing wrong with that yeah keep your glass empty so that way you can continue to pour knowledge into it yeah always always Mm -hmm. and I mean in in really that analogy of a hairstylist from the 70s or 80s well, if you don't keep taking classes, ma'am, you're not going to have any clients. Exactly. And that applies to every single business. Like you're mm-hmm. not going to go to a hairstylist who does stuff from 30 years ago. And for us, mm-hmm. because of the way the technology is moving so quickly, things I did six months ago are completely outdated. Yeah. And so you have to be willing to say, you know what? I need to learn. I need to know more. I need to know more. Even in my mm-hmm. photography classes, stuff I learned six months ago, not the same. Mm-hmm. Not the same now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's yeah. there's a better way to do things. There's always a better way. You should mm-hmm. always be looking for opportunities to learn. Always. Always. Right. Same thing goes with medicine. Things change in medicine mm-hmm. all the time. Guidelines change in medicine all the time. And if you don't keep up with it, you won't have the best knowledge to apply to your practice. So yeah. Yep. You definitely have to stay on top of it. You have a podcast and mm-hmm. it's the Baking Mama podcast. I mm-hmm. love the name, by the way. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. I, I, yes, very catchy. So, I listened to one of your episodes when uh-huh. you spoke about the importance of boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I would love for you to share a little of, of that today with the listeners. Sure. So, one of, one, one of the most important lessons I've learned in the past probably 16 months of my life is the importance of boundaries. Boundaries, I feel like it's something that's cute for people to say, like it's a fad, but it's not really something you do and it's not something you practice. And I think that's where we fail is that having boundaries is a practice. You can't just say, you know, these are my boundaries and then not enforce them. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to having boundaries in business, um, I am very strict when it comes to that and if I'm honest it probably cost me my marriage mm-hmm. neither here nor there <laughs> but the the boundaries in business were also personal boundaries right like there's I can't Netflix and chill when I have a six-tiered cake to complete that's gonna be on the cover of People magazine like this mm-hmm. is just not I, I can't I don't have the time mm-hmm this needs my attention right now. And so while it wasn't something that I necessarily wanted to enforce, it was something I didn't have a choice. Because when you are a work from home mom who homeschools two children, 
with a lot they had their own businesses they had their own careers they were doing their own things while i was running businesses while i was working for other people in order to make ends meet you just can't be everything to everybody exactly and so i had to move into the practice of active boundaries and which is why i had to do the podcast on it because people were like how do you get so much stuff done and i was like Set some boundaries. Have boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> like, you need you need to set some rules, right? So if you kind of think about, okay, here's a typical week of my life. What am I not accomplishing right now? And for me, it was sleep. I wasn't sleeping. Mm-hmm. How do I change my schedule? How do I change what I'm doing in order for me to go to sleep? I don't care about anybody else. How do I go to sleep? And things that no one would ever think of. One of the boundaries was, I don't have time to sit and get my hair done every three to four weeks. Let me break this up. Let me go into a protective style and we're just going to rock with that until my schedule frees itself up where I can have long flowing hair again on all these pictures that are everywhere of me, right? That's just Mm -hmm. not where I'm at in life right now. Right now I'm working. And so my hair Mm -hmm. is braided and has been for a year. Um understanding that my cell phone it goes on do not disturb at 10 p.m every night mm-hmm. unless you're on the list of people who can call me twice and it gets through we don't have anything to talk about and so when when it's difficult for people to set boundaries you can do things like do not disturb on your phone yeah. who says you had to answer the text message who says you have to answer the phone people know not to call me i'm not gonna answer the phone don't do that mm-hmm. there's no you couldn't send this in a text message. <laughs> this meeting couldn't what? have been an email. <laughs> right. Like, why do you need to, I don't understand. Why do you need to talk to me right now? Why do you need that type of energy from me right now? And so once I moved into the practice of enforcing boundaries, people started to catch on. Mm-hmm. Right? It, this is not, oh, you're being mean. No, I have things to do. You can send this to me in a text message and I'm going to get back to you when I can. But right now I'm in a building season. You don't bother a builder when they're building a house because you Mm -hmm. know if you do and they don't do something properly, the structure of your home is going to fall. You don't bother the builder, right? And so you have to get people in your life to understand. You don't have to be preachy and tell them, look, right now this is my building season. I don't have time. I, as a Virgo, will tell you that. (laughs) <laughs> and think nothing of it my cute little libra daughter would never tell somebody that you know mm-hmm. she'll just be like my phone's on do not disturb right now you have to figure out how setting boundaries works for you and then do it and i know the podcast listed a couple of specific ways i don't remember what i said because i think <laughs> this is just it's normal for me at this point mm-hmm. um when it comes to setting boundaries and knowing that like for me boundaries it just seems like it has this alert going off at all times right this is like a proceed with caution or a stop and you have to understand that every boundary is not a stop Mm -hmm. some boundaries are proceed with caution right Mm -hmm. and that's either for you or for other people so my children knew that if they came in the kitchen and i was playing tasha cobbs that that that's a hardcore boundary if you hear gospel Mm -hmm. don't come talk to me we have a problem 
that don't do that. <laughs> but if Beyonce is playing, come on, let's have a conversation. And they knew if they were to come into the kitchen while I was working on something at two or three in the morning and Beyonce was not playing and they wanted to have a conversation about nothing, there were going to be consequences. And yeah. so you, you have to decide what are my boundaries? What are the consequences if you violate the boundary? Enforce it. It mm -hmm. just takes one or two times where you have to enforce it. And I promise you, mm -hmm. you won't have any more issues. Mm -hmm. and how you communicate what to others what your boundaries are because I like that with the the music if they hear a certain song playing they know not to come bother me because I'm yep. in I'm in my safe zone right now <laughs> wait till I come out <laughs> yeah yeah definitely and it's important because especially in today's world with everything going on we need a peace of mind and we shouldn't set boundaries just with people, but what we absorb on a daily basis. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I stopped watching the news at one point because every time you turn on the news, it was stuff about COVID. I was to a point where I was scared to go to work. <laughs> I had so much turmoil in my head going on about this virus. So I just, I stopped watching the news for a while and we just have to set boundaries on what we allow in our space. Yep, I definitely agree. Mm -hmm. So... Now, you spoke highly in our pre-interview um, conversation about your team, like you have an awesome team. And I think team building is so important, especially when it comes down to putting together a business or just putting anything together. Can you mm -hmm. tell us what steps you took to build your team? Sure. So one of the the biggest right now my team is a four it might be more than that but like that i have to pay every two weeks there's four people mm -hmm. um and all of them like there was no job search for any of them these are all people who came to me through relationship building mm -hmm. people who wanted to invest their time and their talents into my business so my first the first person I hired I swear she has saved my entire life and even when I could not pay her she did not leave me and I was like but I can't pay I'm not in a season where I can pay you right now and she was like that's fine because I believe in what you're doing and there will be a season when you can pay me and I was like oh that doesn't make sense to me no no this, no and she was like yes and so for three months she worked doing the same thing for no pay and that's not something that I took lightly it really made me reflect on all the people I've ever worked for in my life and I was like is there anybody I've ever worked for that I would have worked for free and there wasn't one there was not one person that I thought about that could have gotten me to come to work for free. Mm -hmm. Not one. And so it made me take inventory of who I am as a person and who I am as a business owner as to why this young lady would want to work for me without compensation. And it didn't make sense to me six months ago. It makes total sense to me now um, because my whole team, is like that. No, granted, they all get paid. 
and they get paid very well because once I understood that being attached to me was more than this is just a job it's not because again everything that I do is by faith and not by sight right so where there is deficiency where there is I'm a chef I'm a creative person I do cakes and cookies and I make stuff that shouldn't be pretty be pretty that's what I do people pay me for that genius but ask me to send an email ask me to type up the spreadsheet I'm gonna look at you like you're crazy that that is not <laughs> something I can do and I was like really frustrated and I was like oh my god I can't do this this is not, this is not gonna work and she was like what do you need and I was like well I need this this and this and she was like okay stuff that I hadn't done since September because I didn't want to give her work because she wasn't getting paid and she came mm -hmm. in and in 48 hours it was done six months worth of stuff was done in 48 hours and I was like ma'am how did we get here and she was like in the areas that you're deficient I am proficient oh, wow mm -hmm. and I was like oh wait a minute <laughs> did you just wait wait and she was like I can't do what you do and if you continue to give space and energy to the things that you cannot do when I know that I can sit here and I can do it with a baby strapped on my body and I know I can get this done in like a fraction of the time it's going to take you why mm -hmm. wouldn't I offer this service to you and that's when I realized my employees didn't need to be mini me's Mm -hmm. they needed to excel at what they excel at and I needed to figure out how do I use this in my business this was not a oh let me create a job posting for this particular person that can do what I can do that's not mm -hmm. what we need I need somebody that can do the stuff that I don't have time to do and that's how several people who now work for me came aboard people who were in my life who do things really quickly and I was like oh and they were like well let me do this one project and then you tell me how you feel about it mm -hmm. and I let the girl do a project again no pay and then I was like oh no ma'am I need to pay you for your time because you just did something that I was like we'll do this in two years you just did it in 24 hours mm -hmm. no ma'am no, ma yeah I need to I need to compensate you for your time <laughs> and she was like no like i'm doing this as a favor no ma'am i'm gonna mm -hmm. compensate you for your time and the reason i did that was because while it is wonderful that these young women would love to work for me for no compensation they needed to understand the value and what they brought to the table to my business mm -hmm. because for me you just did something in 24 hours that i had on my bucket list to do in two years when i could afford a team of people to do it mm -hmm. Yeah. And so helping them understand their value and their worth. You don't learn this in HR. I have a degree in training and development. Nowhere in my schooling did it say, get to know your employees on a level that you can figure out what they can do best. No one's ever told me to do that. And I think that's where we go wrong in business. Mm -hmm. Is that you try and create an army of you. Well, an army of you can only do what you can do. Right. That, that's not going to work. And at the moment, I have books being created and blog posts mm -hmm. being created and podcast notes being created while I'm talking to you. Mm -hmm. Because they knew 
that today I needed to carve out time to do something else. So they were like, okay, send us what you need us to do. And so nothing in my business is lacking while I'm taking the time to do this. And I think that that is important for people to understand when they want to hire other people. Hiring mm -hmm. other people is not about you. It's not about you at all. Yeah. It's, it's a service. Like how am I as the business owner, how can I serve you? I have paid for my, the two young ladies who run most of my business I paid for them to take coaching with my business coach. Y'all aren't going to work for me forever. That's, that's not mm -hmm. the goal. I need you to start your own business in the midst of this. And you need to learn what I'm teaching you. You need to learn what she's going to teach you. And how do we keep that going? And no one taught me that. That That's not in a textbook. Yeah. You, you can't, I can't recommend a book for you to read that's going to tell you to invest in people. Mm -hmm. It's just something I've learned from having terrible bosses in the past <laughs> so what route did you go to meet these people like how were they friends before or did you run into them find them on indeed or anything like that because <laughs> most people probably wonder how did you find these people that yeah. were willing to help no so one was actually a former client and i didn't know um <laughs> she told me after that <laughs> she was like i bought a cake from you about four years ago and i was it's like, really? I had no idea. <laughs> um, and then the other young lady that is my uh, blog manager, she works for me in the junior league. She doesn't work for me. She works with me in the junior league placement that I'm in. She was just telling me about her business and what she does. You know, like when we do little icebreakers on our little Zoom calls monthly, you know, what's going mm -hmm. on in your life? How are you? And she was telling me, and I was like, ooh. You know, I have a project I want to talk to you about when this call is. <laughs> and so now she runs an entire blog that we haven't released yet that'll come out in April. Um, something that I didn't think I was going to be able to, again, for two years. No, no, no. It's coming out April 1st. Um, mm -hmm. And another young lady worked with me at another company last year. She was in school for social media. And she reached out about um, tech stuff. And she was like, mm -hmm. hey, trying to find out how we get our tax information and I was like well I don't know how you can get your tax information but are you still doing social media and she was like <laughs> yeah and I need an internship listen <laughs> we need to have an interview and <laughs> I don't want to interview you because I know you personally so I'm gonna let the person you're gonna report to interview you and if she likes you you have an internship and there there's one common denominator in the midst of all those things relationship building these mm -hmm. are people who I did not set out to hire these are people who were looking for jobs but never mentioned that to me none mm -hmm. of them said I need a job none of them but because I asked about their goals where they are in life right now what's going on how can I help you because that is always my posture in how can I help you? Everything that I needed was in front of me. Everything. Mm -hmm. And so that is just how this impeccable team has been built. Um, and even when we talked before, it wasn't the same team. It was a different set of people. <laughs> and so <laughs> this has been, I mean, in a week and a half, 
they have completely changed my life. And mm-hmm. the other people who I did have when we talked, I still have them. They just don't get, they're, they're not the full-time people. I still have part-time employees too that pop in monthly to do some things um, within the business. And you have to understand that people watch you at all times. Mm-hmm. People are watching what you do. They know if you're authentic. My brand is me. I am mm-hmm. the brand. Chef Kimmy Who is me. If you Google Chef Kimmy Who, you're going to see my face. You're going to see the blog. You're going to see the podcast. You're going to see the celebrity clients. Like, you're going to see me. Well, behind me is a whole bunch of other people making sure I look good every time I do something. And if you do not take care of the perception that other people are going to have of you, like, if you're not authentic, in your social media presence, if you're not authentic when you meet people in person, mm-hmm. no one's going to work with you. And my mother has always said that. She was like, your attitude right. matters. Even if you're right, your attitude matters. How are you coaching up versus tearing down? Mm-hmm. Both do the same thing. I can tear mm-hmm. you down and make you fix your issue or I can coach you up. And not only do you fix your issue, but you grow. Mm-hmm. And so we have to think about that when we're hiring. Is this someone coachable? Every single person on my team, I can coach. All of them. Mm-hmm. If they are not coachable, if they're not trainable, if they're not in a place where they're willing to learn, do not hire them. And I, I think that you should also have people on your team that you can learn from as well, too, that they can you know, pour into you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Because I can't do what they can do. And exactly. I told all of them, I'm going to need you to go create your, your mini standard operating procedures manual. When you leave me, the next person needs to be able to do what you're doing. So mm-hmm. I'm going to need you to take your expertise and create your little, your job title. I'm going to need you to go ahead and create your, what your duties are. Put that in Trello. So if something <laughs> were to happen to them tomorrow, right. I can hire can, somebody else can and train them yeah. to do the same thing. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yep. So, girl, tell me about these celebrity clients that you've had in the past. (laughs) You know you have to fill us in about that. Like, how was it working for these clients? Were you starstruck or nervous? Um, I don't, I don't know that I've ever been starstruck. Maybe Tasha Cobbs was Mm -hmm. the the biggest um not necessarily starstruck but it was one of those you know like you just be on social media saying stuff and i remember making a facebook post and i was like i just really want to do tasha cobb's birthday cake and (laughs) a friend of a friend of a friend tagged tasha cobb's who responded on my facebook post i had not seen it but my text messages were going insane and i was like (laughs) what everybody's like look at facebook look at facebook and i'm like what's wrong with y'all and she was like i would be honored and i said stop it oh wow (laughs) and she she tagged her assistant in at the time her personal assistant um shanika and yeah you set it up did the cake the whole nine went and met her um which was funny because it wasn't the first time that I met her I met her before mm-hmm. she was Tasha Cobbs 
And um, she was like, oh my God, I do remember you from that photo shoot. And I was like, yeah, when I was learning how to be an event planner. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, but so I think that was the only time that it was kind of like, huh, I was excited. Um, I think doing Brian McKnight's birthday cake, all of my girls were excited more than I was. Ooh, I girl, because Brian McKnight, <laughs> it was crazy. He can be a sugar daddy. <laughs> yeah, it, that one because it was at a club and like so. I'm mm. the one who had been working right. Like the delivery for this cake was at like seven or something crazy, but the club didn't open till ten, and I mm. was like, okay. That mean I have to sit here? Like, <laughs> what oh are we doing? Gosh. And they were like, no, you have to be here. You know, he wants to meet the person doing the cake, blah, blah, blah. They were late. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to be uh-huh. in the club at like 11. They got there at 2. Um, oh, come on. <laughs> the people at the restaurant put the cake in the cooler after being told not to do that. So when it was time to present the cake, the bottom tier was falling apart. Oh and gosh. I was like, y'all, <laughs> the bottom tier of this cake is going to fall. And they were like, it's okay, because we're in a club, right? So everybody's yelling, like, it's mm-hmm. okay, it's going to be fine. And I remember it was a three-tiered cake, and there were like half-naked girls walking around with these like firework things in front of me, mm-hmm. and everybody singing happy birthday to Brian McKnight. And I'm holding the three-tiered cake up against my chest. So that you can't tell that this cake is going to fall when I sit it down. <laughs> and he was like, I need a selfie. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. What? And he took my phone. And I remember my girls losing it. They were like, Brian McKnight has our phone. Oh, my God. And we <laughs> took a selfie. Like, he took the selfie of oh, us wow. together on my phone. And I was like. And you were still holding the cake. I'm still holding this cake. <laughs> and he was like. He said, are you okay? And I said, as soon as I sit this cake down, it's going to fall. And he started laughing. And so he was like, no problem. And so when I sat the cake down, he could see where it was breaking. And so he just reached in and pulled the cake out. Oh, so wow. So that it looked like he was the reason that it happened. That it fell. And I was just Aww. like, oh, my God. That just made me I, more of a Brian McKnight fan, I'm telling you. Listen, <laughs> I was like, you know what? I kind of like this guy. But, I mean, it was it, it was multiple, multiple celebrities. Um, even doing Real Housewives of Atlanta stuff. Lots of stuff mm-hmm. for them. Um, the Atlanta Falcons cheerleaders. Most of the Falcons enterprise. Mm-hmm. Um, it was definitely a highlight of my career as a custom cake artist um I never posted who was a celebrity cake and who wasn't mm-hmm. um unless it was something like, I mean Brian McKnight's face was all over his cake clearly it was for mm-hmm. him it was for him um you know <laughs> so, sometimes you could tell that it was it was for a celebrity but for the most part, people didn't know, um, especially like when it came down to the Real Housewives of Atlanta, Shamia um, like has my cell phone number. Like she's in my phone. Yeah. She's never placed an order on the website. You know, like she just calls and she's like, hey, you know, we need X, Y, Z for the baby. And I'm like, cool. So I did our baby shower cake um, that mm-hmm. was spinning. It was on a turntable. We made that thing spin around because it was a princess in a tutu. That was insane. That was, that's um, talent. <laughs> it was it was insane and then of course because Shamia and Portia are best friends I did mm-hmm. Portia's gender reveal cake wow um, 
that was the first time I was ever trolled. And I was like, dang, does that mean I made it? Uh, <laughs> I was like, they are trolling me on social media. Like, what is wow. happening? <laughs> because people were upset that I got to do the cake because I was a nobody. Like, nobody mm -hmm. knew who I was. And I was like, no, you don't know who I am. But other people mm -hmm. know. I didn't just get this cake by happenstance, you know? And so I, I think that for the most part, all the celebrities are great. Um, there were never any issues in person. The only time there were ever issues was if it was aired on TV. Mm -hmm. And I was just kind of like, no, that's not what happened that day, but okay. Right? You know, <laughs> go along like, with Y'all got to make it look good for TV, I guess. Mm -hmm. Now, I was there. I was there for six hours on set. That's, that's not what happened. Stop playing. <laughs> um, and so, you know, it, I guess it's all a part of yeah, the it's editing and, and to get yeah. people to watch. Yeah. And you yeah. just like, did the cake taste good? That's, that's all that matters. Exactly. <laughs> and did like, it look good on camera? Yeah. <laughs> was my cake like ready for its close up? Exactly. That's all like, that matters. That's, it. Mm -hmm. that's all that matters. So it, it was definitely fun. Um, my children thoroughly enjoy having the mom who, you know, has done all these celebrity cakes in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my son is like, the real housewives just pick up the phone and call her all the time. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> can you just not tell people that <laughs> like I'm just I'm just me dude like I just happen to be the person that they decided mm -hmm. to go with but there there are several other people who do this all the time you know and now that I no longer do it some of my celebrity clients don't care and have they're already told me yeah. yeah they're like oh, okay yeah so we'll see you next November yep no problem mm -hmm. and I was like <laughs> I, I guess you'll see me next November. <laughs> no problem. I don't do this anymore, but okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah, whatever. Like, you, you have to do this forever. And I was like, okay, guys. No problem. <laughs> but so, that yeah, is I mean, amazing, celebrities though. Mm -hmm. It's amazing to have your creation and your business recognized by mm -hmm. anyone, let alone celebrity clients. But um, you said you made it, but I think you made it when you first went into business on your own and you had your bakery and then after oh, yeah. being told that you had to close it down, you quickly got things together and then started doing something else since you made it then. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you're still doing it. <laughs> and it's, and and it's ever evolving. It. Mm -hmm. Ever evolving. And I think, yeah. I think if people don't understand anything else, it's, it's the one lesson I've learned since COVID happened is what mm -hmm. is your exit plan? Mm -hmm. COVID was an yeah. exit plan for a lot of people mm -hmm. like do I really want to do this is this is this really like even for me because literally the day before we went into lockdown my business loan was approved for a bakery mm. and I could not be more pleased that we did not go through with that I cannot imagine if we were mm -hmm. in a bakery in the middle of the holiday rush, and a doctor mm. told me to close the business. I cannot imagine what that would have looked like. And I was like, you know what? Everything happens for a reason. It does. I'm not even mad. Like, mm -hmm. I love what I do. I'm creative, and it's great. But mm -hmm. what's your exit strategy? Like, if something does happen, because something did happen to me, if something happens to you, what's your next move? Yeah, like, you have like, to what plan. Are you gonna do? 
Yeah. And, and you have to, and I don't think, I think for me, if I were to have this conversation nine years ago, I would have been like, why do you want me to have an exit strategy? Like I'm building a business. I'm not planning on it closing. Mm-hmm. No, nope, you're not planning on it closing. And none of us were expecting to be in quarantine for a year either. Exactly. <laughs> you have to plan for the unexpected. And if right. you bring up a good point, because some people just don't plan an exit strategy after something has failed. Like if their mm-hmm. business fails, they don't plan for that because they don't expect it to. They don't, they, I guess when you plan for, for what happens after failure, you're kind of already giving yourself yeah. the message that it will fail. And I think that's yep. what people are scared of. And so they won't yeah. plan for that, but the unexpected always happens. It does. <laughs> it always and happens. Mm-hmm. Business failing isn't, necessarily why your business won't work right my business mm-hmm. I was in again I did cake for the real housewives of Atlanta and the next day was told to shut down my business it, in no way was my business failing it wasn't mm-hmm. the cookie emporium was doing very well right however physically I could no longer do the thing that made me money and mm-hmm. if I had not taken the time to learn a new skill set, I can't imagine where my kids and I would have been at this point. Like, there's yeah. just, there's no way. If I had put all of my eggs in one basket, and I think that, especially if you're starting out in entrepreneurship, you have to understand that entrepreneurship and owning a business are two different things. That is mm-hmm. not one and the same. Because business owners are not they're so focused on that one business that they don't see other opportunity. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurs are always looking for other ways to make money. What are multiple ways that I can be making money? How can I invest this back in my community? How can I take more classes? What can I be doing next? You're not always stuck on, well, this is it. Absolutely not. I've got books that are about to be released. There are courses that are being released. I have a podcast. I have a blog. I have a content mm-hmm. creation business. And if I feel like making a cake, I can still do that too. People have to understand exit strategy doesn't mean you're gonna fail. Yeah. In order for you, because this is what you really think about. If you put all this time and effort into growing a business, what happens when you die? Mm-hmm. Who is taking the business? Neither one of my children want to do what I do. So I knew who was I building a business for? What was the legacy? Mm-hmm. If I died, then what? Like all this yeah. work that I just did, all these, that means nothing. My celebrity clients are going to find the next up and coming cake artist and keep it pushing. No one will care yeah. that I went through all of this pressure in order for me to grow a business that no one cares about Mm -hmm. so now what and that's when you have to stop looking at you can't have tunnel vision in business right like yeah i'm a cake artist but i didn't learn from cake artists i took some decorating courses but my business classes I was learning from IT people. I'm learning from people Mm -hmm. in Silicon Valley. I'm learning from people who start multiple businesses and keep it pushing. I'm learning from angel investors. Like, what do I need to know about business in general? Mm -hmm. That if my business closes, my children still have a legacy. It doesn't mean they have to run the business. Like, what else can we be doing? And I think that smart 
entrepreneurs will understand the importance of not having tunnel vision. Yeah, I want to start a bakery. Cool. How do you start a bakery with other people's money? Right. <laughs> that's, that's a whole different level of thinking. Yeah. Versus, oh my God, it's gonna take me ten years to do this and it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. How I open this bakery with somebody else's money? Right. What is that gonna cost me? What What do I have to do? What's the sweat equity that I have to put into this if they believe in my dream? Yeah. I have a debt free business right now. See, that's amazing. That is amazing. Because a lot of people will take out large business loans and they they start working and then they're working to pay back the loan and not really profit off of it yeah why why would you do that Mm -hmm. but here's the thing if you start looking into how do i make my dream happen with somebody else's money do you know how much you have to learn to do that Mm -hmm. do you know how many things you need to know in order to do that because if i'm gonna give you however much money you say you need for your dream What's my cut of that? Mm-hmm. What's my cut of your dream? There are people who have the money and they'll give it to you. There yeah. are whole websites for angel investors looking for the next big thing. Mm-hmm. This is how they make their money. But that means there's a certain level of knowledge that you as a business owner have to have. And I think we do ourselves a disservice by thinking the only thing I need to know was a skill set versus knowing an industry. That's two different things. Yeah, you have to know the industry. And it kind of goes back to what you just said earlier about image. How are you presenting yourself? How are you presenting your work to the world? Because people are watching, like you said. And somebody might want to invest in you because they see that you are working hard and that what you have going on will be something, will be successful. And they'll, yeah. So that's very important. Yeah. But I have overly enjoyed this conversation and I thank you again for coming to the eavesdrop to drop some knowledge on us today and just inspiring us all with your story. I know that the listeners gained something from this and if one person gains something, then we have done our job for sure. Mm -hmm. And I am very proud of you. I know Caroline is proud of you. (laughs) And I want to thank Caroline for the reference. Yes. (laughs) And so thank you. And congratulations on being a boss. (laughs) Thank you. I hope you enjoyed Kimberly. I know I did. If you enjoyed her and would like to learn more, follow her on Instagram at Chef Kimihu. That is Chef Kimihu spelled C-H-E-F-K-I-M-I-H-O-U. Her website is chefkimihu.com. This website will also redirect people to a blog on her website called thebakingmama.com. Thank you again, Kimberly, for an awesome show. Each week on The Eavesdrop, we have recognized women who have made awesome strides in the world and in our communities. Today, we honor Leia Salonga. Leia Salonga is a multiple award-winning actress and singer. She is famous across the world for her powerful voice and perfect pitch. 
Leia Salonga is the first woman of Asian descent to win a Tony Award for her role as Kim and Miss Saigon on Broadway in 1991, and the first to play the lead roles of Eponine and Fantine in the musical Les Miserables on Broadway. Many fans of all ages recognize Leia as the singing voice of Princess Jasmine from Aladdin and Fa Moulin from Mulan and Mulan 2. She has been recognized by the Walt Disney Company as a Disney legend for her portrayal of both of these princesses. Leia has toured all over the world performing sold out concerts and she has performed for many world leaders. She was honored with an appointment as a United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization Goodwill Ambassador in October of 2010. Leia vowed to act as an advocate for the youth in the United Nations Global Alliance initiative led by the FAO. The same year, she also joined forces with Avon as a celebrity judge for Avon Voices, alongside other artists such as Fergie, Natasha Bedingfield, and Diane Warren, in the first ever global online singing talent search for women and songwriting competition for men and women. Her list of achievements in the area of the performing arts is very long and impressive. She is absolutely amazing. Today on The Eavesdrop, we honor Miss Salonga. My sister, take your bow. As always, I thank you so much for tuning in every week and supporting me on this platform. If you love The Eavesdrop and want to stay updated with all the news all the content please follow me on the real eavesdrop underscore podcast again that is the real eavesdrop underscore podcast if you have any questions comments or concerns or if you would like to suggest a topic for the show you can also reach me at dr shalana battle at gmail.com again that is dr shalana battle at gmail.com as always until the next episode be well be whole and be blessed bye